your Bibles out and go to the book of Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah, Isaiah. <laughs> yeah, I get drunk in the Holy Ghost, so let me warn you. Before I got saved, I got a revelation that you were not supposed to live your life sober. And I kept that conviction even after I got saved. But I found some new wine. Come on, y'all. So if I act different than everybody you've ever met, I'm drunk. <laughs> and the reason God gets me drunk is because when you're drunk, you'll say anything. See, when you're sober, you don't say nothing. You just, you're, you know, you're sober. You're sober-minded. You're drunk. You just say anything. So God gets me all drunk in the Holy Ghost, so when I get up here, I'll say what he says. Say, amen. You'd say something, too, if you got drunk in the Holy Ghost. Get your Bibles out, Isaiah 43. I have a sermon today called The Message from the Cross. Wow. Time as we know it. There's been a, do y'all know what a fulcrum is? Anybody know what a fulcrum is? Melanie knows what a fulcrum is. That's cool. You don't seem to see too many girls know what fulcrums are. When you were were a kid, you sat on a seesaw. You put a fat kid on one end and a skinny kid on the other. And the fat kid sat there and the skinny kid went up. And the skinny kid was, was nothing he could do about it until the fat kid moved. Because he's stuck. Anyway, so you move, you move people around and this fulcrum is that part in the seesaw that does not move. It stays stable. Time has a fulcrum. Time, as we know it, there is a place in history that never moves. Everything before it changed, everything after it changed. But there is a time period that's a fulcrum point. And that fulcrum point was the day that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. That's a point in time that controls all time and everything changed. And in that day, nothing that day ever changes. That truth will always be truth. What Jesus did on the cross is the fulcrum of time. So today we're talking about, you know, today is Palm Sunday. This is the day that Jesus got on the donkey and went into Jerusalem. And and the the point is being made that there was a time period that God wanted to announce. I'm about to do something, and I want you to see it. So when Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, and people were, 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 were screaming, the king, the king, the king, and, and Jesus rode in, the Pharisees were all upset. He cleared the temple out. That was seven days before he rose from the dead. And this is a time period in time of history where everything, everything was going to change forever. And, and when you understand that, then the Bible makes sense to you. Now, I'm going to read something to you from Isaiah, and it has to do with you and me today. But listen to this. In, uh, uh, let, me, let me read it in the King, New King James. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. 
Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. All right. He, he probably was talking about the, uh, the day Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. But it also is for today. There's, there's, there's fulcrums in time. There's, there's, there's seasons in life. And we've been talking about that. But I want to read that out of the message about Bible. Forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the badlands. I'm going to focus on forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over it. Forget about it. Forget about it. You know, we're going to talk about right now the fact that while you and I sit here, we, everybody that I know on this planet, everybody that I know on this planet has had bad things happen. I have. God, I have. And usually it's people. Sometimes it's Christians. Sometimes it's church people. There's nobody that I know of that hadn't had bad stuff. We'll get in a minute. We're going to talk about Jesus did too. Now, the stuff that has happened to us, Satan uses it to stop you from your future. You can't go forward and look back. You can't look back and go forward. You, faith is the substance of what you hope for. Without hope, without you looking to the future, without you having a future in your soul and looking to it, then you have no future. If you're looking back at what happened, then you've already, you've already um, aborted your future. That's why a lot of people don't. So he starts off this right here. He says, forget about, forget about what happened. Now, he did not say that it wasn't a big deal. Hey, there's stuff that's happened to me that was a big deal. I believe something. It's just opinion of mine. That many men and women of God that have a call of God on their life, Satan starts messing with them early in life to get them off track. Now, I've told my story before. It's not anything new. My dad was a lifer in the Marine Corps. He was a Marine Corps pilot up until second grade. We were middle-class Americans, lived in a split-level home. My dad was a captain in the Marines. He retired from the Marine Corps, went to work at Lockheed, and one of the men that designed the C-5A Galaxy, we had what we call an average middle-class American home. You know, one car in the driveway and food on the table, etc. But my, But because of the war, you know, if you ever watch the movie Pacific, my dad was on Guadalcanal. He fought in that battle. And he came back and got his pilot's license. And 20 years of being in the Marines, shooting and killing, killing, shooting, shooting, killing, being shot at. Well, those guys, all they did was fight and drink. Well, you don't stop drinking just because you come home. And you don't stop fighting just because you come home. And some of them don't make it back in society very well. And that was my dad. My dad just did not get back in society very well. And he just drank himself to death, literally, even after he got home. Well, that, that broke up a marriage. So at the end, second grade, we went into abject poverty. You know what my breakfast was growing up? Cheese toast. White bread with palmetto cheese on it. A slice of cheese in the oven. Warmed up until it melted. And that was breakfast. Didn't have lunch. My mother didn't give me my lunch money. She didn't have any money to give me for lunch. 
When it got home, we had dinner at night, usually spam. God, I hate that stuff. People like it today. You know, it stinks you eat as a kid. You're like, I ain't never eating that again. But you know, we didn't have extras. We didn't, we didn't have seconds. So you, you grow up like this. And, and, and people picked on me because my mother was divorced. And I'm going, well, you know, at the, I know what I know now. I didn't know then what I know now. But people picked on me. I became introvert. I just stopped talking. You know, the teacher would call on me to say something. I'd just sit there and look at her. I wouldn't even talk back. I stood in class one day, and she said, spell if. And I said, F-I. And everybody started laughing, and she used me as an example. And I said, I will never talk again. And I didn't. They finally moved me out of that class and sent me to another class. She kicked me out of her class. Mrs. Mrs. Armstrong sent me over to Mrs. Fricks's class. I didn't talk to her either. I didn't talk to nobody until after I got born again, and then I started talking and never shut up. <laughs> but, you know, you grow up like that, it messes with your head. It really messes with you to grow up, and you don't realize, why are people so mean? And that didn't end then. I mean, I've had, I've had all kind of people do stuff. And I'm going to tell you, I think one of the biggest hindrances to me, me, this is me, is trying to stop people from doing harm to me. Have y'all ever tried? It's worthless. You guys will quit because they don't listen. But you know, you're just trying to, you know, in, in a church, when you have a business and people leave a business, they don't tear a business up. When they leave the church, they tear the church up. Why? I don't, why, why, why? What's the deal? But people do it. You don't realize it. So I spent years of my life angry. Some of y'all never noticed that. If you never know, seen me angry, you're new people. But I did. I actually spent years of my life mad at people, mad at Christians, just mad at people. Lisa looked at me and said, why are you so mad? Because I had a chip on my shoulder because for whatever reason, every time I decided to do something, somebody's going to come along and try to stop it. For no stinking reason other than just be ugly. Have y'all ever had that happen? So the Lord began to deal with me one day and he said, I want you to forget about it. And I thought, well, that's easy for you to say. Until I began to dawn on me what he went through. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to look at something right here with you. Go, go to Luke 23. I'm going somewhere with this. We're not just talking about, I'm not just whining in my beer right now. I know some of y'all thought I was, but I'm not. Because I'm actually so over it, I actually love everybody now. I actually, I'm going to be honest with you, you can't make me hate you now. <laughs> you can't. And I've had people try it. You can't make me not like you. I just love you anyway. The meaner you are, the more I pray for you, the more I pray for you, the more I love you. But it took a while before I made that adjustment in me. I had to. It was killing me. What I read right there, don't forget about what happened. You've got to get over the past. Whatever happened to you and whatever someone's done, if you want to go anywhere, you've got to get it under the blood. You've got to clean it up. 
And that's a, today's a good day. We're going to talk about this. So on the cross, Jesus said two powerful things. And we're going to read one of them right here. Um, Luke 23, 32. This, uh, I think I've said that, 23, 30, 32, I'm going to read there. And there were two other criminals led with him and put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and one on the left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What an incredible thing to say after you have spent the night with these men beating you, slamming a crown of thorns on your head, mocking you, stripping you, and defiling you, doing everything they can to you, a nation. Listen to this. The people he healed killed him. So I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever had a day that bad? None of us have. None of us have. Isaiah 53, let me, let me pop it on the screen. I want to read this to you. Who believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 2. For he, that's Jesus, will grow up before him a tender plant and root out a dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that would desire him. So all the pictures of him being just, you know, uh, Fab- Fabio, he's not. If he walked through the crowd, you would not even go, it must be Jesus. Got to be the Messiah. He's so handsome. Nobody did that. Just looked like a little skinny Jewish guy. Thank you for y'all's enthusiasm. A man of, he is despised and rejected by men. What did he do wrong? Not a thing. The world we live in is ugly. If they were ugly to Jesus, I will promise you they will be ugly to you. Come on, you got to get this. Do not take it personal. They're not mad at you. They're not upset at you. They're just ugly. I had a man one day when Lisa, I bought that blue pickup truck. Because Lisa told me she thought it was, and I liked it. I guess I didn't know that there are trucks that they make because they want women to buy them. And I think that blue one was designed, and Lisa loved it. And I thought it was a really pretty blue myself. But, and some of the men I met didn't think so. So, you know, when you live in the world, you, you, you just do stuff. You're not trying to be mean or anything, but there's people out there that just are not nice. They're bad, a bad day. So I'm pulling into Home Depot one day, and I'm in the right lane headed west. And I got to get all the way into the middle lane to get in the far lane. And so I kind of squeezed between a truck and a car. And I wasn't squeezing real bad. I mean, it was like, you know, several yards. I had plenty of room. And then I moved over in the left lane and pulled into Home Depot. Well, this guy in a Chevy Silverado pulled in behind me, and I had upset him bitterly, (laughs) terribly. And he got out and threatened me and my life, talked a little bit about my mother, (laughs) 
you know, you don't, you don't tell me, you, know, he's, you son of a gun, you, I ought to whoop you right here. And it just so happens that I was in a, I had been really praying a lot in the Holy Ghost, so I, I was in a really, really good mood. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, he's out, he's cussing me for everything that I'm worth. And he, and he says to me, I ought to just, he said, you cut in front of me. I said, well, I did, and, I, and I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and, and because he couldn't make me mad, he thought I got to goad him some more because he's wanting to fight bad. And uh, he don't, he don't want to do that. He don't know. I, you remember the karate kid? You remember the bad instructor? That was my instructor. It was, I had a bad instructor. He taught us to kill people. We, and I never forgot. Just because I got saved, I never learned how to pop your esophagus. Drop you stone cold dead in a second. But anyway, no, never mind, never mind. So, 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 he, so he looks at me and he said, he says, and you drive a girl's truck. <laughs> and I'm looking at my blue truck and I'm going, okay. And I was just so full of God. I looked at him and I said, well, men can do that. That didn't go over very well. And by now, I'm laughing at him. I'm just like, well, okay. And he's now, he's hotter and madder than he ever was. And then he looks at me in his final punch. I'll bet you're a holy roller. <laughs> and by now, I'm laughing my guts out. I'm going, yeah. I said, you have, you have hit all three balls out of the park. I cut you off. I drive a girl's truck. And I'm definitely a tongue-talking, devil-chasing holy roller. And apparently, you've been raised around it, and it's bothering you that you're not. And oh, he is mad now. And I was laughing so hard, I looked at him and I said, unless you're, if you're going to whip me, whip me, but I really ought to go. <laughs> and he gets in his truck and drives off. And I thought, that could have gone bad. <laughs> you know, there's just ugly people on this planet. I don't do anything to him. And you know, and yeah, I cut him off. <laughs> but I didn't take any paint off his bump or anything you know, and, and honest to God, folks, listen, we, every one of us in this room, we've had stuff happen. And, and you've got to get over it. I was watching Facebook not too long ago, and people are talking about the 60s. The 60s? That was a long time ago. Who cares? I mean, really, come on, guys. I, I ain't never owned a plantation. That may be ugly, but I have, I, in the racial riots, 
I had black friends. I've never been, I've never been mean and ugly. I mean, I just, and, and people are, they're just, they're, they're fighting Christians and they're on the internet and they're mad and I'm going, hello, somebody get over it. Boy, this is good preaching. Do, do y'all not know that stuff happens to everybody? Do you know white people pick on white people? I know it's racist, but they do pick on us. They picked on me my whole boyhood. They just treated me bad. I didn't have black people pick bad puck on me. I don't know any. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. I didn't have any Mexicans pick on me. I didn't know any. Until I met Rosa. No, not really. Not really. But it, are y'all not getting, the, the world right now, you can't get in this mess. You got to, you know, you, know, you go, well, okay, okay. It was not right. But is anybody ready to move forward? Because as long as you're going to, as long as you're going to stay there, you're not going anywhere. Jesus, you know, and on the cross, Father, Folks, you can't get any meaner to a person than what they did to Jesus. The Jews are the single most persecuted group of people that have ever lived on this planet. And then the king of the Jews is on a cross, having been nailed there by his own people, asking God to forgive them. How do you think you and I should live? Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Listen, I, I mean, I've had people do things to me, and it eats your guts like a cancer. You get mad. Lisa brought up somebody's name one time, and I said, I have forgiven him. And Lisa goes, really? Looks like it to me, darling. If I met him in an alley at 2 in the morning... Come on, y'all. Come on. Come on. And the devil uses this stuff. Every time you want to go forward, he brings up something from the past. Now listen to this again. Forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. I'm about to do something brand new. Listen, if you want to go forward, you're going to have to forget about some stuff. Now, the next set of, the next person you've got to forgive is you. I'm not talking about your relative. I ain't talking about your, your spouse. I'm talking about the stupid things you've done. The next person I am, I am harder on me than I am on anybody on this planet. You can ask Lisa. I'll tell her when we get home. I say, don't say nothing about my sermon. I already know I screwed up, bombed out, and nobody's probably ever coming back. But I don't need you to beat on me. I am already doing a very good job. I had a situation that I... The Lord told me not to do something. And I began to think about it like Adam 
and Eve, and I did the opposite of what he said. Golly gee, it cost me the first month $50,000. God, that's not easy to go, okay, Jesus, thank you. No, I took me in the bedroom and I... I beat on me until I was black and blue, and I said, when you get up, I'm going to beat you again. <laughs> I, I, I whipped on me for months, because that's not all that happened. I, I mean, all hell broke loose in my life, and every time something bad happened, I whooped on me. You know what that did? Nothing. It just made me miserable and made me sick. And one day I had to get 1 John 1, 9 out and walk into the bedroom, in the bathroom, and look at Daryl and go, I forgive you, you stupid thing. (laughs) Come on, guys. When you mess up, I read that book by, um, um, I'll think of his name here after we leave today, John Maxwell on failing forward. I bought one for all the kids. When I found out that people fail three quarters of the things they attempt, the best baseball players in the world strike out 75% of the time. I thought, you ought to lighten up on yourself. We really ought to give ourselves a lot more grace and be nicer to ourself. I, I've always been hard on myself. I demand, I demand a lot from me. And it's hard for me to go, ah, oh, no big deal. Because I think I'm being irresponsible. I'm not going to be irresponsible. I take responsibility for what I did wrong. But there are things I can't fix that I have done. And not only do I forgive other people, now I got to forgive the worst one in the house, and that's me. We're still talking about one scripture here. That day Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Listen, that's massive. You're not going anywhere. Go to Philippians. Um, Come on, come on. You guys are enjoying this. I know you're enjoying this. Because this is designed... To get you free. I'm fixing to get you free. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to tell you, I'm I'm so forgiven today. I'm so happy. I'm full of joy. And I don't have a care. And I don't care. I just don't care. You say you're having a bad day. I don't care. (laughs) That's supposed to be funny. (laughs) Because nobody ever says that. You're having a bad day. I don't care. Well, if you've cast the care on the Lord, you don't, I'm not going to get stressed over your problems either. Because there's a God and he's going to fix yours. He's going to fix mine, he's going to fix yours. And there's no reason us to get all bent out of shape over it. Amen. So look at Philippians chapter 3. Verse 12. Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I'm going to forget the things that are behind me and reach forward to the things that are ahead. Listen, folks, you want to go someplace in life? You just got to get over yesterday. 
stuff people did. I mean literally get it under the blood of Jesus. How many of y'all have unrealistic expectations? Oh, we have all had them. The worst I've ever seen is Lisa. She's the worst, the worst. She planned her honeymoon to the T. And most of it didn't happen. She came home. She, that was disappointing. Well, some of it happened. But you know, whenever you go to a restaurant and you have it all planned and it's, and the people are jerks. This is not, this is not Hallmark. These people are mean. They're not supposed to act this way. I had it and this was going to be a nice night and it bombed. How many of you know stuff just don't work out? There's just things that don't work. And so one of the things that I'm proud of her now, because she has really gotten aware, if it don't work, she goes, oh, whatever. I have no expectations. <laughs> and everything is great. <laughs> She's saved. <laughs> have y'all ever done that? Have you ever planned it and it just didn't work? Nothing you thought this whole day did not turn out right at all. As a matter of fact, you were going to make money and lost money. You were going to reconcile with someone and now you hate them more than you ever hated them. You know, you just, things happen in life and you just like, that did not work out. Now look at this. Forget about what happened. Forget about what happened. Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it. Don't keep looping it in your mind. If you're laying in bed and it comes back, go, oh, don't you come back and start talking to me. I've forgotten about you. You don't exist. You're under the blood. Go away. I'm not thinking about that. Now, if you've been married, she said, he said, I said, She said, don't keep going over it. Here's how you fix it. Just kiss them. (laughs) Apologize and kiss them and get over it. There's only one woman in this church that married a perfect man, and that's Lisa. Oh, well, I lied a little bit, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, life is fun, but I mean, honest to God, we've got to lighten up and just start enjoying the day and enjoying our life. And there are some times in life, he says, I'm going to do something new, but he can't do it because we're so buried in last week, last month. Listen, if you screwed it up, God can fix it. There, he's big enough to fix your mess ups, get over it, move forward. Laugh a little bit, get excited a little bit, get happy a little bit. Go out and have a good night, have some fun, watch a movie, quit being so serious. Now, I don't know whether y'all know this about me. I'm actually a very serious person. And I am. I am really very serious. And uh, my dad was an engineer, and that did not go well with me or Josh. 
because I think like that. I think line upon line and you know, categorize, exact, and Lisa's not that way at all. She's like, I ask you a question, and I got a sermon. I'm going to explain every bit of that to you, technically. And she's like, I'm pulling the car over and letting you out. I don't want to hear it anymore. Yes. We've just, you know what, I've just, <laughs> is Nikki that way? Oh, yeah. We got women that way. But life, you know, Lisa and I have gotten to the place, and I got to tell you another story now. I got all time in the world. Uh-oh. This is me. I don't tell bad stories on Lisa. Not many. Unless she's gone, and then I tell them. When, when we first got married, I had this romantic evening planned. It was so romantic. It is about me. I called a restaurant, an Italian, Italian restaurant. And I got this time and I got all dressed up and I told Lisa to dress all up. And, 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 and so I got this restaurant and, there's a, and I had a movie. And when I get home, never mind. So on the way, Lisa says, can I stop at Walmart a minute? I mean, we're not in Walmart a minute. We're in a long Walmart a long time. And when she came out of Walmart, I let her have it. You destroyed my romantic night. We ate dinner. We didn't talk. We didn't go to the movies. We missed that. The rest of the night, couch was good. When I got home that night and I prayed and prayed and prayed and I asked God, I said, you got to help me with this woman. (laughs) And when he got finished with me and explained to me that I had a very good wife and a very beautiful wife and I loved Jesus and was a good woman. And he said to me, the next time you have a romantic evening planned and she wants to go to Walmart all night, then go to McDonald's and go enjoy your night. Just, why are you going to, why are you going to get all bent out of shape because something didn't happen the way you thought it should happen? In other words, the romantic evening wasn't about her. Thank y'all. The last fight you got in, it was not about them. It was about you. And finally, after that, I went into her and I apologized. I said, baby, I'm. I, I destroyed the I destroyed the evening. I destroyed it all. If you want to go to Walmart and stay all night, we'll go to Walmart and stay. All. We'll eat at Walmart as long as I'm with you. And I actually lightened up on that and just quit being such a jerk. I'm helping somebody in here. We, our mindset and what we expect sometimes is not reality. Now let's read this again. Forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Don't keep looping the stuff that's happened that you thought should have happened another way. Just get up, lighten up a little bit, get over it. All right, let's look at another thing that Jesus said at the cross. Um, John 19.30. Go over there. 
He made two statements. He made more than two, but I'm only going to talk about two of them right now. One of them is that, Father, forgive them. That was massive for me. In John 19, verse 30, he made another statement. Let me start with 28. He says, Jesus, knowing all things were accomplished, that Scripture would be fulfilled, said, I thirst. And a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with wine and hyssop and put it in his mouth. And when Jesus received the sour wine, he said, it's finished, bowed his head and gave up the spirit. What did he mean by that statement? Why was that recorded? What was so important about it's finished? You and I would read that and go, okay, he's done. But this is literally what it says. It says, I have done your will as you requested, and the mission you have given me is accomplished. Everything you gave me to do, I finished it. It's now finished. The second thing that means is the sacrifice that just happened was so perfect and complete that God would never require the blood of a lamb again. And full payment was just made for the debt. The debt is finished. And the turning point from one period has ended and another period has just begun. I want you to look now at Hebrews 9. Go to Hebrews 9. I'll read something to you. I'm leading up because in a moment we're going to take communion. Uh, I, I love the Easter time of the year. I love preaching. I love preaching on, on all of this stuff. It's, it's so awesome. So much has happened. Hebrews 9. 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the holy place once and for all, having attained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and a heifer sprinkling sanctifies, how much more should the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? For this reason, he's the mediator of the new covenant. By means of death for the redemption of the transgression under the first covenant, those who are called may receive the promise of eternal life. Um, the, that day that, he, that he, he died on the cross, I got a couple more scriptures here. Um, Hebrews 8.11, let's look over there. Let's read this. 8.11. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying, know the Lord for you shall know me from the least to the greatest. And I'll be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds. I'll remember no more. And he says a new covenant. He made the first obsolete and that has become an obsolete growing old is ready to vanish. That when he said it is finished, everything from Adam to that point was done. Every failure, all the failures of Adam, every sin that ever been committed, and everything in history that had been wrong with the world was finished. God was able at that moment to change everything. Now listen to what changed. Hebrews 10, 19. You ready? 
Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Let's go into history for a moment. In the Old Testament, now God is a holy God, and you got to realize this. He has a zero tolerance for sin. Zero. In the Old Covenant, because of his holiness, a man touched the ark and fell dead. Don't touch my ark. Zacharias, when John the Baptist was born, at times they would go in the Holy of Holies. Now, you understand something? One time a year, as all God allowed, a man, after killing the, the, an animal and shedding its blood and cleansing himself, they tied a rope to his leg, and he went in the Holy of Holies where God was. That was all anybody could do. If you wanted to get in the throne of God, you went to a priest, and then once a year he went in to atone for your sins. That's all there was. And the day, the day, listen, listen to listen to I just got I got to, Mark 15. Go to Mark 15. We're gonna close with this. Father, I want this to, I want, I want, I want everybody to get this. Mark 5, chapter 15, verse 33. Now, when the sixth hour came, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. When it says him who knew no sin became sin, when Jesus was in the garden, guys, and he said, Father, let this cup pass from me, the nails weren't the, what bothered him. I didn't, I mean, I stepped on a nail the other day and I jumped out of my shoes and I cried like a baby and poured peroxide on it and told Lisa about it and made her make it better. <laughs> One little nail. But anyway, anyway, the nails wasn't what bothered him. What was he, what, what was he doing in the garden? What was he doing? Do you understand that God poured the, all of the sin of humanity on him? You realize that? That's, un, that's unfathomable. That he took all sin and the whole earth turned dark. The sun wouldn't look at him. God turned his back on him. Jesus, that was massive for Jesus. He'd been walking with his father for all eternity. And he's got to, he's got to go on a cross and receive total rejection from God. That's what he didn't like. But once he did it, when he was in the garden, he says, is there another way? Is, isn't there another way we can do this? But not my will, but yours. That was the thing he didn't want to do, was become sin. You understand, you, you said, I had to trust God. How would you like to die and go to hell and trust him to get you out of that? <laughs> Talking about faith in God. Yeah. Now listen to this as I read it. In the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land in the ninth hour, Jesus cried, Eli, Eli, lama thabachthani, which is, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
And some of those who stood by heard it says, he's calling for Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and a reed and offered it to him and said, let him alone, let him alone, see if Elijah helps him. And at that, he cried with a loud voice and he breathed his last. That was the same point. He said, it's finished. And the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. What, what was torn? The veil. God was behind that veil. God was set for, 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 from, from Genesis all the way to this point. God was totally separated from humanity because of his holiness. But the day that Jesus paid the price and said it is finished, God ripped the veil, left the temple, and moved inside of you and I because of the blood of Jesus. In a new way, they called the early church the way. I'm the way. The way to what? The way back into the presence of God. We're sitting here this morning with the ability to go into the presence of God anytime we want to. Now listen to what he says one more time to you. He's talking to you this morning. Look at what he said. We're talking about your next week. Guys, forget about what happened. Don't keep going over his old history. I am about to do something in your life brand new. Why? The blood. You understand what it's done for us? We don't preach on it enough. We don't sing enough about it. We're going to have communion. You guys go ahead and start serving the elements. Do you understand what he did? You understand what he did? When he said it's finished, he paid the debt so full, God doesn't even know you ever did anything wrong and treats us now like we are sons of almighty God. Art has it hit us. I don't know if it's hit us. I've had glimpses of it. I was telling Art and Crystal one day, Bobby Indian was preaching this at Ramah. I, I got so excited at church, I jumped out of my seat and started dancing. I couldn't sit there any longer knowing because up until then, I still had a fear of God, an unhealthy fear of God. I didn't have any idea how much he loved me. I didn't have any idea what he paid for me. No idea what he had done. Same spirit that brought him out of hell. Same spirit is in you and I. We now are the temple. When I, when I, was, in, when I was in Israel, I'm sitting next to a Jew who's going through a ritual to have favor with God and he doesn't know he's sitting next to a man who is the temple. Isn't that ironic? A Gentile full of God. Broke my heart. Broke my heart to watch these people go through all they're going through to get what was given to me freely by the blood of Jesus. I want y'all to say something before we get started. Say, I am forgiven. And there is nothing the devil can do about it. Say, my past is gone. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. God is about to do something new in me. 
and there's nothing anybody can do to stop it. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. I'm going, I like going to church. Man, why haven't we preached this before? Why have we not been telling people this stuff? I love the Easter time of the year because people come in and they're like, I never knew that. I had a lady got up one day and uh, she, she came to me. She said, is what you're preaching true? I said, well, yeah. She said, it's too good to be true. Too good to be true news. That's pretty good. She didn't like my message because it was too good to be true. I thought, that's pretty good. I've never had anybody accuse me of that before. It's too good to be true news. We're sitting here right now this morning forgiven. We're forgiven. That is awesome. Full of God. Full of the Holy Ghost. Right with God. The old covenant's finished. A new covenant has begun. We're new. And that's not the only new thing he's ever going to do for you. His mercies are what? New every morning. Every morning his mercies are new. So tomorrow morning, he has something new for you. Isn't this good? Is this exciting? Nikki, you like this? Even if you're a perfectionist, I love you. If y'all don't know Nikki and Jim, they're, they're just a great people. Nikki's a ball. She's a, she's a hoot. You don't hang around her long before you realize this lady is something special. She has an attitude, but she has something special. She's just something. And Jim just puts reins on her and tries to calm her down, hold her down a little bit. You know, you passion long enough, you get, to, you get to meet people. You get to spend time. You just love people. Are you all ready? Because we're going to take communion. Get your, get your cracker, your bread in your hand. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you did. We preach it to the best of our ability. We read it in our Bibles. And I don't know whether the reality of this is ever going to hit us full force until we actually stand and look you right in your face. But we sit here today knowing that what you did on that cross was enough to stop all of the judgment and all the condemnation and bring us back right with you. And we can sit here this morning knowing that we're forgiven. We're not only forgiven, we're redeemed. Everything that you did, you you took my place on that cross. You took our place on that cross. That should have been my cross, but I would have never come back because if I had died on it for my sins, I could not have come out of hell. But you died it in my place. And we celebrate that right now by taking bread and by t- partaking of it in remembrance of what you did for us. And we give you thanks. Go ahead. Father, when you sat at dinner table that night, you took a cup. You looked at the disciples and said, this is the cup of a brand new covenant that I'm about to cut. I don't think they understood what you were doing. He said, you don't understand it now, but you will later. 
That became the most precious day in the history of this earth. The day you took our place. Never been a greater love than that. For God to come down and to die on a cross for his enemies. And I say thank you. And you shed your blood and paid my debt. And you stopped a covenant that was death to me. And brought me into a covenant that became life to me. And I want to give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in here today, Jesus is not the Lord of your life, I want to talk to you a minute. There's never been a man on this earth that has died and gone to hell for sinning. Did you know that? People do not go to hell for sinning. They don't go to hell for sinning. Think about this for a minute. When Jesus went to the cross, he took the place of all humanity, didn't he? He paid the debt, didn't he? Can God legally send a man to hell for sinning? He cannot. But what happens in the earth is that the people that are around us, they don't really understand what a Christian is. If I was dead in sins and Jesus is alive, what would happen if him and I became one person? Is that possible? So he told us, he said, if you believe that he died on the cross and rose from the dead, you'll be saved. You say, that's it? That's it. Non-believers are dead. That's why they act the way they act. If you're here today and you're, and you're not, you, Jesus is not the Lord, you're spiritually dead. It's why you act like you act. And God will not let you in heaven. You're not going. He's not taking the devil to heaven. And you're in his family. You are not just in sin. You are Satan himself. That may shock you. But you don't have to stay there. You can change anytime you want to. It's as simple as saying, I believe Jesus died on that cross for me. And I believe that he took my place and paid my debt. And I'm going to bow my knee and ask him to be the Lord of my life. And the moment that happens, you don't just get forgiven of your sins. He comes in and you become a new person. November 16, 1975, I walked into Crusade of Heathen and walked out a son of God. Whoa, you talking about like eating jalapeno peppers, baby. Man, was I lit up like a neon sign when I walked out of that building. And my heart is, we're going to start seeing a lot of people come out of darkness. If you're here today, I have a word for you. We love you. Do not die without Jesus. Father God, I've done everything. I've done the best I know. I preach the best I know. And I'm asking you, sir, if there's anybody in this room that does not know you, that you would deal with them and show them their need for Jesus. Get rid of all the religion that they have thought was going to happen. And the same thing's true with people who have ought against others. That stop in their joy, that they will release it today and get rid of it.
and walk out of here free and ready for a good future. And we give you praise for that, sir, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.